I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Achanov, and don't call me stupid. And my name is Colin Drucker, and I am determined to enjoy myself. Ooh, yay. <laughs> I'm glad you got clue in there. Well, yes. you know, I just... determined to enjoy myself. I think that is... The soup's delicious. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, I mean, I think that's one of my favorite line readings <clears throat> ever. So, um, might as well lead with it. Yes, a good choice, indeed. How are you, Colin? How was your weekend? What's... How's life been for you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I don't... I... Yes, I have... Uh, I have arrived at the point of quarantine where I, days have mushed into each other, like, you know, like when you when you get a big, full Thanksgiving plate full of food and you just start... I don't know if you mix your food, but you just start to, like, Ooh. put the potatoes on the turkey. And that's kind of what's happening with the days for me. The potatoes are mixing with the Tuesdays. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Potato Tuesdays. Yeah. I love that. And I do mix my food, especially on Thanksgiving. You got it. Right. You just got to give it like a big swirl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Good. I'm glad we agree about this. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you had a, a you had a fun weekend. You actually did something with your weekend. How was your weekend? I did. It's like um, I went to Erie for the weekend and it was like a, I don't want to say it was a socially distant Erie weekend because I... It's like part of me. I was just reading an Onion article today. It says city enters phase four of pretending coronavirus is over. God, I know. <laughs> and that's kind of where we're at. So it's like, but I'm also calling the, the kettle black here by saying that I took a weekend trip with my friends. But with that being said, it was there were, I think, six of us total, including Kian and I. So it was like four other friends and two of the other friends. It's like, I just feel like I have to justify it I all know, because I know. two of the friends we have been seeing and then um, our friend flew in from um, from Texas as well. But with all that being said, it was a lovely weekend. And I think just with the with the idea of being, I mean, of course, it's just like first world problems. I'm like, I can't go on vacation know, this year. I but know. I am fine with that, by the way, everyone. I am fine with it. But uh, it felt like a vacation with all that being said, just because it was a weekend away we left Thursday night. We, uh, Keanu and I took Friday off, and um, Erie's amazing. I love Erie a lot. It's sort of like, in ways, my Fort Lauderdale. Really? <laughs> Only, yeah. It just, it's just my happy place. Wow. And I really, really love it. But more on that later. Wink, okay. wink. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, Mr. Chekhov, you've dropped your gun. Um, <laughs> my Erie gun. Yeah. Um, well, that sounds great. So anyway, all that being said, we are of course here to discuss. Not necessarily a winner, not necessarily a Best Supporting Actress winner, but indeed a best best of the best when it comes to supporting actresses. We are here to talk about 1980 Oscar nominee Eileen Brennan 
in Private mm. Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to talk about this because the movie as a whole was really entertaining. I, It's like this movie walked so that like 80 other sort of like movies in the same with the same plot could fly. Uh. And I don't know what came first. There might have been obviously something with a similar plot before this too. But I think of like, I was just reading art like Stripes. Mm-hmm. Was Stripes one of them? I, and other movies that just have like a fish out of water story of someone joining some branch of the military. It's good. I love a fish out of water story, to be honest. Yeah. I, I really do. Well, you I know, what? I'm, to your point, what I thought of, you know, because I had the same feeling of like, wow, this movie is like uh, really setting a foundation for you know, uh, a, a trope or like a scenario that we've become very familiar with. And I thought of like Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality, you know, it's like mm. doing a very similar kind of story. And I feel like Sandra Bullock, yes. like if they were to remake Private Benjamin and if she were younger, like this would be her gig. Like I could see her doing this, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who wants to tune into the No Good, Very Bad Gay when this episode is released. I will be doing Troop Beverly Hills this week. So there was a lot of crossover there oh. as far as just like glamorous woman forced to go out into nature. Um, it's a great movie. Uh, and this yeah. was a great movie too. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had seen Troop Beverly Hills because yeah. I felt like that this was also – exactly. This was sort of a um, a slightly more – serious version of that in a way or serious you know yes. of that narrative yes yeah yeah it's like the velda was eileen brennan mm-hmm. and uh, and phyllis was goldie Hawn. Yeah. yeah uh and i feel like yeah even like the the troop like i felt like her little friends her little yes barrack friends were like it, it felt like the actual troop of girls and it was um I expected like a 1980s version of Kumbaya oh. to start playing. That sort of like techno Kumbaya. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's one of my favorite yeah. nuances of that movie. Yeah. Um, I was going to say uh, just another. Uh, oh, my goodness. What is his name? Craig uh, T. Nelson. Craig. Ooh, the delicious Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. 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 Hubba, hubba. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, very pleased to see him. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh, I really enjoyed Private Benjamin. I had never seen it before. I had heard of it. I kind of always knew Eileen Brennan was in it, uh, mm-hmm. but it was just one of those movies that I was like, oh, yeah, Private Benjamin. Yeah, I should see that sometime. And then that yes. went in the list of all the other movies I've said the same thing about. Um, mm-hmm. What Had you seen it before? What did you know about it before this? No, I didn't know anything about it. I honestly, I feel like maybe I've heard it somewhere in the zeitgeist of just like, you know, BSA movies that should be on my list or that I should be watching. But I, I expected something really really dramatic i don't know why Mm -hmm. so but i was excited uh, because i that was without looking at anything and then i of course i went on imdb and i was like oh it's a comedy right but it has moments it has dramatic elements in there too and goldie hahn is great y'all it's like why couldn't she win an oscar for this instead of cactus flower i just right out of all the goldie hahn things out there i i just She's so charming. Yeah. And um she's it's not that she's not charming in Cactus Flower either, too. It's like we've 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 talked about that at length during our Cactus Flower episode. Right. But um she's also really, really great in this as well. Well yeah, I think in in this it's like we're in as in Cactus Flower, it was kind of like here was this new star emerging. I kind of feel like this her performance and her participation in and being a producer of Private Benjamin, it was kind of just propelling that even further like that was the feeling yes. i had watching this the whole time was like oh my god 
Goldie Hawn is such a movie star. Like this is yes. there's just that like it's that thing that everybody talks about. It's that it factor <clears throat> that you kind of like can't describe, but you know it when you see it and you know what it feels like. That she just like radiates from the moment she's on screen. And uh I love that she was nominated for an Oscar for this. Yeah, same. I, I was really pleased to see that as well, too, that they were both nominated. And not for nothing, too. I'm sure you were, as I was reading all these names in the cast, I was like, oh, oh. Mary Kay oh plays my Barbara Barry. <laughs> I want my Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, of course, a very obscure one potato, two potato reference. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's on YouTube. It's the very ending of one potato, two potato. <laughs> It's the courtroom. It's the, uh, what's the word? The verdicts. Yeah. Everyone go look it up on YouTube, then come back. But um, Barbara Berry, oh. she just has this like weird bird-like quality that just like works so well. Yes. I had the same. I feel like she and Goldie Hawn actually, and it was that one scene where her parents come to pick her up from uh, from the camp, uh, from boot camp. And yeah. there was this one shot of them together. And I thought, oh, they look related because both Barbara Berry and Goldie Hawn have this like beaky quality. Their lips are kind of beaky. Um, And I thought that's really good casting. Like she looks like she'd be her mother. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that moment at the end where she faints uh, is, I need that to be a a gif immediately. Yeah. Oh, she just like face plants (laughs) into the shoulder. It's not even like (laughs) the choice. Like like you think that she's just like, oh God, like putting her head against him and like, oh, this is so awful, but she's just conking out. It's so funny. It was one of my favorite choices in the the entire movie. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah. Barbara Uh, Barbara Barbara Barry uh, was fabulous in this. Of course, she's also, we've talked about this before. She was also um, on the original cast recording of Company and she's... Oh yes, goodness! Uh, Did, what song does she sing? Do you know that? Am oh, I putting you on the spot by asking? I know, that? I, and I remember we. I'm having deja vu because we had the same conversation. I was like, oh, I can't remember. Um, I'll look it up as you talk. Yeah, um, hopefully I can find this. But uh, so I will be able to find. So her it. voice also is like very familiar. I kept thinking of. Uh, mm. I just needed to hear her say like Robbie at some point, or you know, Robert yeah. Darling. Uh, it would bring me right back, but. Uh, she's great. Uh, Mary Kay Place. I mean, in terms of like assistance to the best supporting actress, I think Barbara Barry and Mary Kay Place, um, and maybe Aunt Kissy. <laughs> I yeah, Gretchen Weiler. I wrote her down oh, because that was a moment too. Yeah, I, I knew you would love her, and I loved her oh, just as much. I too. loved her, and I love that she kind of came back in the end, and like was yeah. there at the wedding. Like I just love the return of Aunt Kissy. Yes. Barbara Berry played Sarah, mm-hmm. who I think sings, if I'm not, if I might be wrong, but I think she sings like the churchy parts in um, maybe I don't, I don't, in Not Getting Married Today. I don't think she sings that. I, I, uh, I, she's, uh, oh my God, she is in that number at the beginning where they're doing karate on each other. Oh, uh, the, the little things. The little things. Little things yeah. Mm. Because it's kind of like Elaine Stritch is kind of narrating it, but then she's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. can't be blocked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That can't be blocked. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, man. We need to have more Barbara Barry episodes. I am... Yeah. She's well, we should have joy. a company. The Ladies of Company episode would be great, oh, Colin. I could... All right. Yeah. Putting that on the list. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the 2007 revival is on YouTube. 
So with Raul, with Raul, which I've never seen before. So ooh, um, tune in. Yeah, it's good. It's worth your time. So and it's a cool version of that. Yeah, I've heard parts. I've heard like ladies who lunch from that, and I think it's. It's well, I think Elaine Stritch is, as I would stand by, the correct version of Ladies Who Lunch. Yes. I think the 2007 re- revival is really fucking good. Um, yeah, Barbara Walsh. Barbara Walsh. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a, it, those are big shoes to fill. I mean, it's tough, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll do the Ladies of Company because also the original cast recording, like that original documentary, is on the Criterion Channel now. Which Ooh. I can give you my login for, so we could like. Oh my goodness! We could really dig into the original cast and then the revival, and then if the uh, Broadway revival from this year, if that bootleg is still on YouTube, we could maybe watch some of that. Um, sure. Yeah. I saw a little bit of it. It's you know, it, it it's it's from many rows back, and it's a bootleg version. But if you did want to see a version of what it looked like on Broadway this year before it closed, uh, it was at one point on YouTube. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, we should think of more musicals, really. Yeah, I could I can do that. I'm ready. Um I'm cool. Yeah. Yay. I'm not afraid. Um, <laughs> um just not rent. That's w- all. Just not rent. <laughs> it's just not yeah, we won't do rent. Okay. The women of rent. Yeah. <laughs> Evicted. <laughs> Even just saying and I got grossed up. Uh yeah. also Albert Brooks is in this movie for like a hot second at the beginning. All the men in this movie are pretty terrible. They are. Like most of them are awful. Um I'd say the exception to that is, um, let me see what his name was. Oh, Hal Williams, who played Sergeant Elsie Ross. Oh, yeah. Who has like a little bit of a dance party with the gals. I like him. I love that part. Yeah, that dance party. Normally, dance circles. I was just say, yeah. Normally, I cringe, but I love this one. And like, I could watch Goldie Hawn dance around in army fatigues and a white t-shirt all day. Like, it was, <laughs> it was just so good. I don't know. And then when he joined in, I was like, so... I was so pleased, um, and obviously, what happens from there, we will get into because that is the heart of this episode, and that is, of course, Eileen Brennan. Ooh, yeah, perfect segue there. I think. What is your relationship with Eileen Brennan? When was she? When did she first, you know, uh, land on your radar, Colin? So I think if it 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 was probably not Clue. It was probably that creepy Pippi Longstocking movie. Ooh, she was nominated for a Razzie for yeah. that, which is great. Have you seen that? It's uh, I think we saw it in elementary school, but I I don't remember anything. But I can imagine going back and revisiting that and uh, having some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be one of those experiences where I th- I think I've seen that movie a number of times. I think maybe because I had HBO as a kid, I feel like it was on HBO a lot. I just remember seeing parts of that movie many times, and I feel like if I watched it again, it would be like. You know those things you see as a kid that you don't understand, but the details of them just kind of get like burned into your memory, and so you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember what that looked like," but I didn't know what any of it meant. And sure. I kind of feel like to go back now as a as a 35 year old man and watch it, I think parts of my brain would literally explode. I'd be like, "That's what that yeah. was!" Like, you know, I, I would be remembering yes. the movie as a child the way a, a kid remembers it. You know? Oh yeah, of course. So, uh, so that was your first. So that was my first, um, and so I feel like I always knew Eileen Brennan either as like that insane character and kind of like someone I was kind of afraid of, uh, mm-hmm. or then I saw her in Clue, and so it was just there's there's always been this kind of ruffled quality to Eileen Brennan, like she's always just been. Um, I always knew her to be sort of an agitated energy. Uh, 
Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I mean, it's Clue. Yeah. It's Clue and only Clue. I, I, I think I was introduced to it when I was about 12 or 13, which is such like prime cataloging years mm-hmm. as far as a gay man is concerned, like just really soaking up. I don't know, mostly women performances that I just really loved and couldn't get enough of, it, but really the entire cast of Clue. And, and Colin and I have discussed um, possibly doing a future episode. Well, not possibly. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. The women of Clue. It's it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So everyone just have a seat. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but just, but yeah. I, I mean, we could talk for... I could talk forever about that movie too. And um, But I... I loved her in that movie, and like uh, at very at first glance, like yes, a lot of people like live and die for uh, Madeline Kahn in that movie too, and and I I think she's incredible in it too. But Eileen Brennan is giving some really great stuff. It's like I think that is really the true. I it's hard to say like who my favorite is between those three gals too. I mean, I think most of the time, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on Miss Scarlet? Leslie Ann Warren. That's, yeah, Leslie Ann Warren. I'm yeah. like, I'm such a huge fan of Clue, but I forget all their names. <laughs> I love what's um, her name. Yeah, and the she other usually one. falls in third place most most of the time mm-hmm. too. Not saying that she's she's working just as hard as the rest of them too. She just doesn't have as many many things to do. But what she does, she does really well. Mm-hmm. But Eileen Brennan is just killing it. I mean, there's that one line. I say th- I do this noise all the time to Keon, but I don't think he gets the reference. It's when Tim Curry is like talking about his ex wife. And he says, we had friends who were socialists. And then he starts to cry. And Mrs. Peacock goes, that's <gasps> all she does is just like an exhale. And it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh. And like just like the way that she gets like her feathers are literally ruffled. The hat that falls off her face. So she says, we don't know that we are. And the hat's falling off her face as she delivers that line. <laughs> oh, it's great. It is magic what she does in that movie and like this the soup monologue and everything else that, like, that, that we could go into so much more of what she does in that movie but um that's my first uh <laughs> that that is my first introduction to her and then of course she played sandra in will and grace who was jack's acting teacher right right um which most other people if you don't know like people who might not know her probably know her from that um if you're gay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I feel like I I remembered her being on Will and Grace, but I don't think I was watching it at that point. Um, but it was like, oh, good. Eileen Brennan's still working. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, she's an interesting one. I, uh, you know, when we did the last picture show, I felt like that was a totally different version of Eileen Brennan. Like, I, you know, because a lot of what we're talking about other than Private Benjamin is kind of like Eileen Brennan's career after the car accident, which, you yes. know, kind of changed everything. So, to kind of see her pre-car accident and kind of see that earlier version of her, it's like, oh, wow. It's a very, it's not like a totally different woman, but there is a, I feel like there is, it's like her career and like her energy and the roles that she had were taking a very certain trajectory that Mm -hmm. um, it seems like after the accident and like after Private Benjamin, like she, she kind of fell into the category of playing these like, these these baddie women you know and so that is such a great word right yes and so i feel like to see her in last picture show where she's kind of like oddly like there's just this like cool energy about her like she's she's got this cool cowboy energy um and she's like you know strangely seductive that's like oh wow that's eileen brennan too like it's uh it's kind of a mind fuck to see early eileen brennan 
Yeah, and it's great because she has this like husky voice that's just so sultry too. Mm-hmm. I watched a clip. It's such a random clip, but I watched this great video of her singing uh, La Vie en Rose. Oh my God, that was from The Cheap Detective. That was so yes. funny. Uh. It's uh, it's very reminiscent of like Madeline Kahn and Blazing Saddles, just mm-hmm. like kind of singing her, her song to it. And she doesn't sing any of the lyrics. All she sing is, sings is La 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 the whole time. Go watch it. It is great oh my god and she's a she has a great voice she was the, in the original cast of um hello dolly on broadway too I, I wanted to go back also to to just kind of you mentioned the accident and i just wanted to kind of fill everyone in on what happened there too so she she and goldie Hawn actually became really good friends and they were having after the film too and they were having dinner one night in venice california this is in 1982 and as they left the restaurant eileen brennan was like hit by a car and her yeah. legs were smashed Bones on the left side of her face were broken, and her left eye socket was shattered. Yeah. It just sounds like so much rehabilitation. And she said, too, she's like, I was not fun to be around. She said she fought in her injuries with rage, which, I mean, if you got to fight, you got to fight somehow, I guess, too. But And as a result of that, she became dependent on painkillers. And two years after the accident, she entered the Betty Ford Center, um, to cure her addiction to pills in 1984. And then a year after that is when she filmed Clue. And I remember when I did a Clue episode on the No Good, Very Bad Gay too, it's like people didn't know how to really treat her on set because everyone, it's like when you know someone's kind of, you know, coming out of rehab and um, it's it's almost like they're just like, not necessarily walking on eggshells too, but like you just want to make sure you're saying all the right things mm-hmm. and not bring, I feel like they didn't bring it up. And like, I feel like Eileen Brennan said, like, I wish they would have because it would have helped me out because she felt like a, almost like a fish out of water situation too, mm-hmm. which I find fascinating, but it's hard. It's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, uh, it's so true. It's like somebody comes out of something like that. It's like, you almost want to ask, it's like, do you not want to talk about it at all or should we be really open about it like what's more yeah, helpful yeah. and like let's just go down that down that path um yes yeah it's uh she is uh i mean yeah clue i i am very excited to do a, a bsa's of clue because i think there's so many little moments she has i think my favorite moment and of course this will come up again when we do the clue episode uh besides the soup monologue is um when they're kind of reenacting, you know, how it all could have happened and the, and the moment when she drinks the, the accidentally potentially drinks the poison and they reenact her like, like screaming and, and, you know, yes. going to the couch and she kind of, there's this nuance for the way she does it. She kind of plays along and screams along even. And do you know what I mean? Like I'm not explaining. Oh well yeah. The least. I mean, I know it so well, yeah. so you know, you don't have to explain it to me, but yes, I, I get it. Yeah. Cause he's, she screams. It's like, she's just kind of, going along with it but it's actually convincing and it feels just like the moment that actually happened Uh and then he slaps her and then she just like looks (laughs) she's exhausted at that point right right it's just i mean i could i could watch it's kind of like watching lisa kudrow do valerie cherish like i could watch her over and over and find new notes you know yes i am thrilled for that episode yeah that and company mm, yeah a great month yeah yeah i'm into this <laughs> um yes so all that being said you know we will get to you know later in the 80s brennan but let's go back to 1980 eileen brennan in private benjamin yes. um so Ooh. this was of course the thing that i noticed in terms of the credits before we get into her performance and whatnot is that it was co-written by nancy myers and yeah, it definitely had like Nancy Myers moments. Like I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, 
like I felt like there was that scene of Goldie Hawn like calling into the radio show and and having that great monologue through tears and I was like Diane Keaton does some similar acting and something's got to give right like we this is a thing and I love it don't get me wrong I fucking love this shit but it was like I love that this is always a part of a Nancy Myers gig it's like just a a woman being emotional like yeah yes <laughs> after a breakup or some sort of like love i don't know thing that happened in their life too is all, all she was missing was a turtleneck oh i know i know um yeah i yeah. feel like the the black little like neck you know nightgown that she was wearing was yes. kind of her version of that um, yeah so of course the story is that goldie hawn uh is kind of this you know young naive uh 28 year old woman who's getting married to um, Yale, uh, who is a doctor played by, of course, Albert Brooks. Um, And then uh, you can kind of tell from the start that this is um, not a match made in heaven, but a match all the same. And, you know, will give her the life that she wants of, you know, being a happy housewife. Yes. And then Yale dies from a heart attack while they're having sex on their wedding night. And, uh, Judy Benjamin, Judy goes through a bit of a crisis and uh, eventually ends up joining the army. Um, And uh, that's where she becomes Private Benjamin. And uh, I had always kind of thought that this movie, that the whole movie took place during her six weeks of boot camp. And it was all about like the growth that happened during that time. And then she'd graduate and she'd be a new woman. And I assumed like Armand DeSante's character would be some other soldier or something you know soldier some other someone else that she met in you know in all of that yes so when it gets about an hour in and she's graduating and you're like oh wow that movie flew by and then it was like oh there's there's still a whole other act of this movie um yes which i thought was interesting that the movie wasn't just about her becoming private benjamin and like evolving you know in boot camp into like this independent woman but it was then her meeting you know, kind of exactly what she was looking for, this French guy, Henri, and descending right back to the life that she had in the beginning um, mm-hmm. so that the movie kind of ends the same way it starts with her at a wedding. And um, at first I was like, I didn't know if I liked that structure, but the more I thought about it and like have talked about it, I'm like, that's a really, that's that's really smart. Like that's really, I it's very unexpected. What did you think of that? I would agree too. I I every other movie that's like this is set up in that very exact same way. It's like True Beverly Hills is the same way. She goes through all these things. She comes out on the other side of it changed and then she gets the guy at the end too. It's like mm-hmm. there's some sort of romance involved or some way that she finds herself toward or like walking in the direction of finding a new better man too. So the fact that she Yeah, I I felt the same thing halfway through. I was like, "Oh wow, I still have like 45 minutes left of this or you know however much time it was but i i do like it i think it's like sort of turning that genre on its head uh for a moment just because she ends up i mean spoiler she ends up just like walking away from everything and i think really that the theme of this too is like that every especially men seem to own her or have some sort of like uh say in what she does so like the first time she ever got a taste of independence really was herself and like really seeing how she could thrive on her own was in the army Mm -hmm. and she was doing well she was doing really well until she met Henri again and or not again but for the first time 
and it kind of even when she met him, I was like, I don't really want her to meet him. I don't. I'm. 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 I want to see more independent Goldie. I just mm-hmm. love seeing how she moved her way up in the ranks yeah. and was really kind of this independent woman and uh, like a career woman in the army. Uh, but with that, all that being said, I think it's I think it's perfect. I really do think it's such an interesting take on this sort of because uh, everyone wants to see a love story. I feel like love stories mm-hmm. sell uh, as far as just like from a producing standpoint, too. But in the end, it's just kind of like finding a way to love herself and not finding value through like other men in her life uh, as well. So I, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I would say especially even for the time, but like in general, this kind of movie you would expect her to still get you know some kind of happy ending love story by the end there'd be someone who would kind of come through like i think of under the tuscan sun you know in the last yes. five minutes then you know the perfect guy shows up and yes um you know and even like eat pray love has a bit of that feeling of like oh mm-hmm. boy that all worked out didn't it and yeah. it's interesting because earlier in the movie after she after yale dies and then she just like leaves the house you know after the funeral and just goes to stay in a motel for eight days uh she and there's this great talking through tears monologue of her on the phone with like a a advice radio advice show and it's and i would say like you know thinking of her as like an oscar nominated performance like this scene really sold it for me where she's like i just feel like i I didn't do anything wrong and i'm being punished and it was Mm -hmm. uh and it and like little kind of nuances the way that she was like crying but saying and i was supposed to get these pine sideboards and like she's it's like this great balance of of you know funny and sad um but uh one of the things she mentions in that monologue she talks about this movie an unmarried woman uh with jill claybur that had come out a few years before and Mm. the the thing the the big conceit of that movie was at the end uh she ends up not staying you know being with the guy it's a kind of a similar storyline and she decides to be single and to not accept you know his kind of prepackaged life for her and she wants to be independent um and and at the time that was kind of like a, a real revolutionary like feminist move kind of an of a you know um a mainstream kind of love story ending with the woman choosing her own life instead uh and i I kind of knew, like, I kind of expected her to, like, in terms of in Private Benjamin, for her to not end up with Armand Sante by the end. But I was yeah. surprised, having seen the ending of An Unmarried Woman, I was surprised how much this was the same note. It's just her walking away. And you're like, fuck, that's it. Okay. We don't even know what's going to happen to her next. Um, yeah. It was just like a really, like, Private Benjamin was uh, so much, like, more insightful than I was expecting. Yeah, I'm ahead of its time in a way, maybe, in in some ways, too. I mean, it makes me think of, like, the earlier movies we watched, like, in the 70s, like Kramer versus Kramer, and um, I can't remember other movies that we were watching around that era, but, like, women's lib is, like, thrown around. I feel like maybe in Working Girl, Mm -hmm. they said it a couple couple times, too, so that seemed to be a hot buzzword of the time. Um, But it's interesting, even nowadays, like, I have a lot of friends who are female who are single and in their, like, in their 30s. And are quite happy mm-hmm. um, anywhere from like uh, 30s to like mid 40s that just kind of have made a life for themselves. And maybe in some ways, too, it's like they might want a partner um, eventually, too, because like men, it's OK for men to be bachelors and to sort of live on their own. And people give women more shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. and, and, and knowing that like 
very i would say like very successful independent women that i know that are very like they have a great life they vacation they have a great job they make a good living all this other stuff too it's like why isn't that enough too Mm -hmm. Uh, at the same time it's like that's i'm kind of opening a can of worms here too but it's just interesting the evolution of the modern day woman in the 1980s who might like gori han slightly ahead of her time in this movie and then like 2020 women who um don't necessarily I, I, sh- I can't speak for everyone to say that they don't necessarily want a partner, but it seems to be slowly becoming an acceptable, I guess, like lifestyle for women. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I, I hesitate with the word lifestyle, but um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I totally. And I think I think to that point, like a movie like this or, or an unmarried woman or, you know, Private Benjamin, like to kind of you know, for lack of a better word, normalize these choices. Like I think yes. movies are these reflections of, you know, of of morals and practices and values. And, and they, movies also teach people to want these happily ever after love stories. And like that's where mm-hmm. these fantasies come from is from fiction. And so yeah. for a movie like this starring Goldie Hawn, you know, you know, you expect with it's a comedy and you expect it all to be in the same way that we are not surprised at the end of Miss Congeniality that Sandra Bullock and Benjamin Bratt get together. We just yes. come to expect that that's how you put a bow on the story. And yeah. so to normalize like, you know, a narrative where you walk away from all of that and, and who knows where you're going? You know, it's, it's funny. I think about the end of the movie precious where it's again, it's a woman just yes. walking away and it's like, Ooh, who knows it. where she's going? But like, um, I think, you know, that's, uh, I think that's the impact. It's like, you know, I totally agree that I think women feel more pressure to follow those, you know, those narratives and to get married and to mm-hmm. have kids. And um, women are told, oh, if, you're, if you don't meet anyone by 30, you know, good luck. Yeah, the biological clock is ticking. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, men, men can be bachelors in their 40s and it's like, oh, wow, he's, you know, eligible and successful and he's got his life together and. You yeah, know, it's uh, not fair. He's distinguished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that this movie uh, was surprising in terms of the narrative structure. Yeah, um, absolutely. All that being said, of course, once she arrives at boot camp, that is where Judy Benjamin first encounters about 23 minutes in Captain Doreen Lewis. Uh, Ooh, what an entrance to. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, we've talked about in the one. past, like. Best Supporting Actress Entrances, and this mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Um, yes. Because they're all in their, um, is it barracks? Is that what they are? I was going to say that word. Yeah. yeah. Barracks was the it, first thing. You know, yeah. where they sleep, yeah. we'll say. They're dormitory. <laughs> they're and, bunks. Yeah, they're bunks. They're Let's say bunks. That feels less uh, uh, informed by war. Um, yeah. So they're all in their bunks, and then... Sergeant Ross enters, uh, and they're, they're all, you know, standing at attention at the end of their beds. And then he steps aside, and there is Ms. Brennan. Yes. Like, it's every detail. It's the glasses. It's the garish lipstick. It's that mm-hmm. It's that look on her face. It's that, like, she's, oh, my God. It, it's just such an amazing little entrance. Um, yeah, with her eyes. Her I just love how, like, both her and Goldie have these beautiful eyes mm-hmm. uh, it's like i don't know if eileen brennan is a little bit more green rather than blue but um go on sorry i'm interrupting oh no there. i mean i think that this scene is like watching it it felt like eileen brennan it, it felt like she was having 
a really good time. I felt like she mm. was just, it was one of those scenes where an actor is just getting to play. And I love that part where she goes to um, uh, the one, the one cadet winter uh, to, to test out how uh, to the, the quarter test on her, on her made bed to see if yes, the quarter yes. flips. And the choices that she makes. So she, she does little tests and see if the, if she can get a, a quarter to bounce on her, on her made bed. And then, um, she comes up to her and she says, outstanding winter, outstanding, outstanding. Like it's just, yes. no one told her which lines to whisper and which lines to say out loud. Yes. You know what I mean? Ooh. And just as much as I love like the roar of the weast, I love a good whisper of the Brennan. Oh I just yeah. Think that, like that's sort of, she's like, very good, very good. Yeah. It's just like that sort of husky, mm-hmm. gritty voice too that just works so well. It's so good. I think my favorite moment was when, um, I can't remember her name, the one who uh, was coming from prison and she uh, blows the, she's like confronting her and then she pops the bubble. The, uh, Gianelli. Gianelli. Yeah, Gianelli. Yeah, and like cannelloni. Yeah, something Gianelli. Like that. Yeah, so she's <laughs> chewing gum and she pops a bubble and the timing of Eileen Brennan saying, oh, don't push me, punk. Like, it's, <laughs> that is, <laughs> it, like, it's, it is such good timing. It's so, like, there's something about that. She's, another moment later where it's the, the physical comedy, the timing is so precise that, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Um, it's really tight. Yeah. It's really tight. Um, and you could tell not only is Eileen Brennan having a good time in this scene, but also her character is having a good oh. time. Like, I feel like the first day of boot camp is where she thrives because she gets it's like she gets to walk in with power and really let them know. Mm-hmm. And I just love that, like this big man, you think he's going to be like the sort I guess he's the drill sergeant, but um, that he's going to be in charge of these women. And then he steps aside and it's like this shorter what i mean that in its in itself is a really good like piece of like visual comedy mm-hmm. i guess if we're if we're talking about that too but there's a moment i don't know what she says but eileen brennan has this hand gesture because it's right when she talks to goldie han it's like maybe mid conversation and i think that's where she's having the most fun because mm-hmm. i because of course goldie han is just like you know, like, I, is there another place to sleep here? And Eileen Brennan just, like, leans in. She's like, oh, you want another place? To, oh, okay. Oh, You know, she just, like, yes. kind of goes with it. And then she just, like, sl- But she never yells at her mm-hmm. either, too. She just says, like, do you have a toothbrush? And she's, and then it just cuts to her. Yeah. Um, And, like, that's, I think that's, like, the perfect sort of segue, obviously, for the next scene. But I love that that's her sort of punishment style. It's like, she's not going to say... Stand up straight. Ba 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 ba. It's more of like a mental game, yeah. like a, a sort of approach. Uh, I guess it's really fun. Well, that whole scene when like when Judy comes up behind her and like taps her on the shoulder, and she and she does this like huh like this like honk when she turns. <laughs> yeah. I love, but that whole moment where <clears throat> Judy is complaining about how dirty it is and like how she was expecting like there aren't even any curtains. I was expecting in my own room. Eileen Brennan, like watching her through, because it's a, it's a, they don't really interrupt the take very much, but like Eileen Brennan is just doing a journey of reactions and of being amused and of kind of like watching her eyes or the way that she smiles or the way her smile were kind of widen and and like deeper amusement at points. It's such a journey. Um, 
I yeah, I I love this moment so much. And in particular because she doesn't yell. She never really snaps. She maintains that like comedic tension. Yes, yes. And I think like even like Doreen is looking for the Judy because she knows there's always a Judy. Mm-hmm. And this is like the Judy of all Judies, yeah. I feel. It's like cuz she has no idea what she's getting herself into. Yeah. And it's like and and Doreen knows what's on like the other side or what the next six weeks is going to look like. And to her, it's almost like she she enjoys it. Mm-hmm. She definitely enjoys it. It's a power trip. Um, it's like Velda and uh, Troop Beverly Hills. It's like I think Velda is like clinically insane, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like she has some issues, whereas Eileen Brennan is more. it's 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 the comedy is grounded. It's not over the top, but mm-hmm. it had you can tell that like. It's just a steady sort of comedic force that when she enters the room, she knows exactly what she's doing. And it's just really, really fun to watch her work in this scene specifically and yeah. the other ones, too. But this is like the biggest scene, I feel like there's some other stuff that happens. But this is like a good chunk of what she has to deliver in this movie. I agree. And I think comparing it to True Beverly Hills and to what Betty Thomas is doing as Velda is a great example mm-hmm. because I mean, and. It's all on purpose, but Betty Thomas is being so insanely broad Ooh, crazy. Yeah. and campy, and it's and this is so much more studied. I mean, I feel like I think Eileen Brennan is a method actor as well, so you're getting some of that Kim Hunter realness, you know? Oh yes, um, and and so it it all informs it because it's it's a series of mannerisms and nuances and gestures and and things that are kind of coming from the inside out, and I think that's mm-hmm. what's what's really interesting about this. Whereas I feel like in comparison, Betty Thomas's Velda is kind of putting on these like comedic comedic affectations, whereas Eileen Brennan is kind of like summoning all of these kind of inflections and and uh, and and reactions. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean this sounds super like actory woo woo kind of stuff too. But like, whereas like uh, Betty Thomas is working from like the outside in. Like Eileen Brennan is working from the inside out as how she just like presents herself to, and like uh, this like sort of comedy, but also like there's intention where like Betty Thomas is just like flying off the handle. Yes. It's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but Betty Thomas is great. Oh, <laughs> Don't get it yeah, wrong. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's in its own sort of category of uh, deliciousness. Totally. Betty Thomas, she's directed the Brady Bunch movies. She directed I know. I was, I love that. Oh God. 28 days. Which I also yeah. love. Ugh, With female directors, we need more. I know, I know. I love that. Um, so we, I feel like that kind of the next time we really see uh, Captain Lewis is when they're, you know, running them out and she and Craig T. Nelson are hanging out in the Jeep together. Um, which is, first of all, because uh, Craig T. Nelson, this was, this was 1980. And so he, I don't know if this was before or after Poltergeist, but that is... I, I will recommend it Poltergeist all day long because there are so many things about it. Beatrice Strait is in it. Craig T. Nelson is at Prime Dad in it. Joe Beth Williams should have an Oscar for it. It has a great score. Poltergeist. Poltergeist is in 1982. Okay. Got it. Okay. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, Colin, but I, I feel like we could do a, the Women of Poltergeist I'm episode. I will, I will set my fears aside for you and the good of the yeah the, good of the order to dig in because from what i hear it's i mean obviously i've heard you're in the details episode or episodes i feel like maybe just one um yeah 
and Beatrice Strait. I think we need to do that. It's we'll so list. good. It's yeah. <clears throat> I'm scared already. Yeah. I'll watch it during the day, so we'll be okay. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. Um, so that scene where they're in the Jeep together, there's this one moment. I mean, there's two moments that I love, but one is that they're ta- she's talking about how she does a surprise in- inspection every two weeks, like kind of her her routine. And he says, oh, that's good army. And so she says, yeah, keeps them on their toes. And when she says keeps, she does this full blink with both of her eyes. It's the strangest (laughs) little choice. Like, it's the strangest little moment. And I think to your point, like, there is an intention behind that. Like, it's, that didn't happen on accident. It's such a, like, a specific choice that's like, no one, no one told you to do this, Eileen. Yes. No one. Ugh. I do love that scene. And I, I, it's like, that's the one thing. It's like, I wouldn't necessarily take it away. I don't know why it, how it adds to the film. Because mm. I'm interested in this. Is like, does she need a love interest? But also, I'm glad that she does have one because it proves that she's not, like, without flaw, I guess, too. Because I'm imagining that that's probably not allowed for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. I like all this. But I'm sure it obviously happens. I mean, I've heard stories of, you know, being a woman in the army is is an interesting sort of dynamic when you're around, you know, the majority of, or is, is just made up of men too. So there's like, there's obviously these moments that are bound to happen. But f- to me, it's like the Craig T. Nelson character seems so daffy and weird. It's like, but I get like, I mean, everyone has needs. So like, yeah. obviously she was looking for a good time too. So like, and he's, a hunk in yeah. this movie. I, I just like 1980s Craig T. Nelson is the definition of dad bod, really. Ugh. I mean, especially, yeah. And that once the can opening scene in uh, Troop Beverly Hills where she goes to the beach house, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just, it's great. It's just, he just nails it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I did feel like this love story kind of came out of nowhere. There were even, I mean, and I don't know, I didn't see any evidence of this, but there were elements of this movie or this script that I felt like some scenes had been cut. Like, I felt like... Sure. And I felt that later on as well. It's like, hmm, we've narratively jumped around. I just feel like I'm missing a few moments. Uh, So maybe there was more to this, because I could also see if there was a narrative of he was just sleeping with her, because he was new, and so he was just sleeping with her to kind of, you know, climb the ranks, so to speak. Um, Yeah. It's more of like a a lust story rather than a love story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 and maybe they, I don't know, because when she finds out that Craig T. Nelson is like sleeping pretty much with everyone and like the look on her face, which I love that moment mm-hmm. too, when he finds, finds that out too. It's like, you can tell she's hurt, but she's also, I don't know if she expects it, but like, you know, she's going to be okay, but it's also going to fuel a little bit of that like fire that she has brimming beneath the surface i guess and everything all of her actions from there on to it's like she's a scorned woman mm-hmm. but was she really like that into him i don't know yeah i know because i guess it's supposed to kind of be the impetus for her to like have that whole you know scene at the end after the graduation with them but it's i i did feel like this subplot was lacking a little bit of clarity uh though i will say what it did lend was there was in when they're in the, the jeep and he asks her so what are you doing friday night she has this moment. She goes, 
well, and she kind of has this long protracted reaction. And then at the end, very end of the scene, she accidentally leans on the horn of the, of the chief and then it cuts to the next scene. And that was, yes, that will always like a button. Yeah. Yeah. That will always make me laugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Horns are great. Yeah. Accidental (laughs) car horns. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever seen the vine where, where somebody honks, there's something like someone you've seen, there's one with the cat and then then there's the woman with where the cat's on the on the hood and someone honks it. <laughs> but then there's the one where there's like a woman taking recycling to the trash and then someone's oh, in the car it is. and they honk the horn and the woman throws them. Yeah, like a gallon of milk across the yard. It is. Oh. That's probably my top 10 vines. Yeah. I, that is simple joys yeah. right there. It's just so great. Oh. And I just love that the grandma sort of just like laughs. Yeah, it's like a wholesome she, moment. Love, yeah. Yes, it really is good. Yes. Ooh, vines. Vines. Mm. The BSA is a vine. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's that's an episode. Of the yeah. <laughs> Look at all those chickens. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my God. Um, so, uh, Another scene I wanted to mention, we talked about this a little bit before, but in terms of like uh, the next scene where we kind of see Dorian Lewis is when Mm -hmm. Judy decides uh, or Judy attempts to escape. um, Oh, yeah. And then she and then they all get punished. And then Mm -hmm. uh, she gets called into the into the common room and her parents are there and they're ready to take her home. Yeah. Yeah. What an. It's a great scene. It's a Keep great going, yes. scene. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I, the thing that I noticed about that before even Eileen Brennan comes in is, I mean, it was such, like just the body language. Like Judy just was sudden. Like, she was just getting younger and younger as the conversation went on. And the way her yes. father was talking to her and the way she was kind of shrinking into her seat and the way her mother was coddling her. It was, I mean, to be honest, like really really nuanced acting from Goldie Hawn because it was a whole like energy shift that she did to kind of become the little girl who just had to like obey her parents it's a Mm -hmm. great scene I I was really I think a lot of that hinges on the small notes that Goldie plays you know for her to decide like no I'm I'm you know I'm not gonna be this like I'm I'm gonna grow up now you know Um, yes Yes, yes. And even the way that Eileen Brennan just like talks to her parents too, because from what we know about her character up until that point too, it's like, and she chooses her words wisely. She says she's like, she's very popular with all the other troops. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, but like, of course we know the real story too. And Goldie Hawn just like watching her. I don't know if we get a shot of her watching Eileen Brennan, like deliver that sort of those lines. But yeah, it's, it's interesting because she, Eileen Brennan could very easily say like she's been the worst cadet we've ever had. I don't know if cadet's the right word. Like she's, you know, this is best for her. She could keep that, but she, she doesn't, which I find it. I mean, she, she remains like, I guess, professional in a way. Mm -hmm. She's just kind of, she's seen this before, but it's also like the fun is over for Eileen Brennan too. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, well, it's good while it lasted, but you're out of here. Yeah. And yeah, it, it very much feels like, you know, well, you know, unfortunately, Judy didn't get along with the other kids at daycare or like, you know, it just, just didn't work yes. out for her at this daycare. It's, it's all of them. All three of them are really infantilizing uh, Judy and just treating her like such a child. And I yes. think that, and the way that she kind of like processes that and then like wordlessly like decides, no, I'm not going to, you know, give in to this. And she stands up and she, um, you know, she says, I'm not quitting or whatever. And she salutes like it's, 
it's so much more powerful than the way the trope plays out in other movies where the person is about to quit and then they have that change of heart moment you know like they really earn why would she stay and keep doing this it was really really great yeah yeah i think it's great um and just what goldie Hawn is wearing too because they just walked in the rain for like what feels like hours yeah and like you said before too it just adds to the moment because everything that she's wearing is humongous on her mm-hmm. and all you can really see is her face mm-hmm. and those buggy eyes of hers too that just really emote for yeah. lack of a better word it just it just uh it helps serve yeah. that moment it's great and that of course leads to what is my favorite note in these kind of movies it's the she's getting the hang of it montage yes i love a getting the hang of it montage like i all day long watching someone like training for something or building something or getting away with some new like when never it never been kissed when all of a sudden she's got all these friends now or yes whatever it is where like devil wears prada uh or andy finally she gets like she's walking down the street in all those fabulous clothes yep yep and she's, i have patrick i have yeah. patrick she's yeah she's <laughs> all of that i love like the smooth um joy of the getting the hang of it yeah. montage Ooh, it's satisfying it's so yeah. good um conversely normally in movies and i'll use um true beverly hills as a great example when we get to what's what is usually the climactic set piece where it's like the big game or the big race or like some big like competition moment that's going to be a, a prolonged segment you know it's kind of like this is what it's all about and we're going to be in the scene for the next 10 minutes for some reason whenever those scenes start <clears throat> i i'm like oh god I, I just i just want this to be over as soon as possible like i get all of this weird anxiety sure about yeah. these scenes and i don't know i don't know why and I'll have to say, I was so happy that this movie didn't play out the way I expected, where we were just watching them do war games. It mostly spent time watching them sit around a campfire, so somehow smoking pot. I was just going to say, <clears throat> smoking a joint. I was like, where do they get that? Yeah. How? And like, but whatever. It's, it serves its purpose because it's the girls getting to know each other and just kind of bonding a little bit, too. It's, it's the ragtag team of people that are... Mm-hmm. You know, smoking pot in the woods, but somehow save the day at the yeah, same time. It was great. And I, I also love that we got like, you know, a really good, you know, prolonged moment with Mary Kay Place, who is, we yeah. could do an episode of just, she is the, she is such a best supporting actress kind of actress. Like she is yes. so good at playing the friend and she was I, great in this. Yeah, I think she definitely is too. And she has that moment later. She's like the, when she wants to leave the wedding mm-hmm. before Henri arrives, she has that. I was like, ooh, yes, keep going with this conversation. Like, take her away. Yeah. Like, she's the she's the friend that gets to have this moment. But then Henri shows up and it's, and then the moment's over too. But right. I don't know. I, I know Mary Kay Place now. I've heard the name so many times on like Lady Watch and um, from you as well. But I, I am curious to know more Mary Kay Place performances. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, in terms, like, she's typically, you know, plays the mom or plays the wife or plays the aunt or plays oh, the Oh, yes, I could see that. Yeah. Um, of course, she did star in the movie Diane last year, which is... Oh, that's right. Diane. Um, I mean... The movie Diane. The movie Diane, right. yeah. From the, yeah. <laughs> um, 
and of course like and that movie is just full of like older ladies acting it's uh it's not a fun movie but it's a lot of ladies um yes i feel like there's like those certain actresses kind of like allison janney elizabeth marvel stockard channing where it's like oh y'all could play sisters at some point yes and mary Kay place is kind of like she like she and Diane Weist could play sisters. I was just gonna say that. Yes, the yes, eyes, the oh, eyes, it's all in the eyes. But like yes. Diane Weist is the more like wound up sister, and like Mary Kay Place is the more like chill, like down to earth sister. Um, yeah. Are you familiar with the actress Kathy Baker? Ooh, no. But I feel like I've heard that name before. Kathy with a K. Kathy with a K. She would kind of be in that. She would be the third sister. It'd be Mary Kay plays Kathy Baker and Diane Weist. Uh, she's great as well. Um, oh, I know Kathy Baker. Yeah, yes. I think okay, I'm looking at her now. Yeah. yeah. So there is a movie that I would love to do the BSAs of. It's a movie called Nine Lives from 2005. Oh. And it's nine different interconnected stories. And all of them are 10-minute segments that are one take and are, like, wow. pretty complex. And and the cast includes Glenn Close, uh, Holly Hunter, uh, Robin Wright, uh, Mary Kay Place. Uh, Kathy Baker and Mary Kay Place are in a scene together that is Ooh. kind of like, oh, oh, hello. Um, it's Oh, it's so good. Dakota Fanning's in it. Sissy Spacek is in it. Oh. Uh, that's great oh my yeah. god it's so good we i need to like make this list here of all the things we've talked about today I know. yeah keep going oh but i have loved that movie forever and would love to do the bsas of nine lives um amanda seafried's in it uh anyway <laughs> i mean I, how'd they get her yeah Just right yeah she's great. she's actually very successful <laughs> yeah i know right yeah, yeah who am i to talk um yeah but anyway, all that to say that I was very happy to see Mary Kay Place in this. And I'm kind of always happy to see her. Like, when we talk about BSAs and, like, you know, kind of the quality of, like, oh, I'm always happy to see them show up in a movie. I'm always happy to see Mary Kay Place show up. Yeah. That seems to be the trend with BSA or, like, at least that BSA energy of women who we love. But there is a special category of that, too. Like, I'm usually happy to see most BSAs, but, like, sometimes you're specifically happy and i think it's kind of fueled by like good i'm glad they're getting work i'm glad they have this role i'm mm-hmm. glad to see them in this in this movie too yeah yeah um nice also i feel like if the, if they were four sisters if they wanted to have kathy baker diane weist uh mary Kay place and maybe deborah joe rupp <laughs> oh yeah now we're talking now we're talking turkey yes um <laughs> I mean, listen, in a world, I could see Ann Dowd maybe somehow. Yeah, I could see that in the eyes are just squinty enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bette Midler. I mean, like, (laughs) squinty actresses. (laughs) I mean, where's Renee? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Get Renee in there, too. She's the youngest. Yeah. Oh, my God. The squint sisters. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, let's pitch this. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I smell an Oscar. Yeah. Their mother, of course, is played by wide eyed Celia Weston. Oh, yes. I don't know exactly. where they got it, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, use your hair. That's my favorite um, Celia Weston line in Junebug. Because Amy Adams is like, yeah. Have you met her yet? And she's like, No, I haven't met her. Use your hair. Use your hair. Ugh. <laughs> So great. Well, obviously, we could go on and on about Ms. Weston, but yes. uh, I feel like 
uh, in terms of Ms. Brennan, uh, the other scene, I think, you know, there's the intro scene and then there's the last, like, where she's drunk scene. Yes, I was just going to say. Uh, when she shows up in that cowboy hat with that whip as they're all dancing the We Are Family. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Uh, now, my question is, do you think, I don't know, I'm wondering where the decision to have the radio get turned off with two whip cracks came from. Was that, did it take Eileen Brennan two cracks? Who decided Ooh, this? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. It's a great nuance. Yeah, I feel like if I was a director, I would just be like, you do, it's like, yeah, it's like crack it as many times as you feel you need to. Mm-hmm. And then the people would hopefully like react. Maybe the first time was just to get the attention. The second time is like, oh shit, turn the radio mm-hmm. off. Yeah, but um, I love the nuance, especially that she's drunk, that it took her more than one attempt to turn it off. That's true. And I'm sure that's informed by it as well. Because I I knew she, like, something was off. I knew she was sort of, like, in a state of some sort. But mm-hmm. I, it's like I would I would almost want to watch it again to see if there was, like, a stumble in her step, like, as she kind of walked around. Because re- she falls over, which is great. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's when you really know that she's drunk. Um, or at least, like, someone, like, leans away because she smells like alcohol or something. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was, but... Uh, As she walks in, she does have a bit of a, like, there's, like, a slight waver in how she moves. Like, she's kind of yes. doing this, like, cowboy saunter, but after... You know, uh, as Beatrice Strait would say, uh, three belts of booze, you know? Uh, Ooh, yeah. Three belts of booze. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I feel like, and you can, uh, where I really sense it is as she, as she walks up to Judy and the way that she says, well, 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 lady luck, and kind of yeah. curtsies. And as she stops, it kind of, it's like the brakes don't fully set in and she, she bobs to the side a little bit like it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i almost i wanted that scene to go on i wanted her to really read into judy at that moment you know like it's like come on give us this bsa moment but yeah yes i've seen them come and go for years and you're yeah just like this whole mm-hmm, moment mm-hmm. um i just love the choice of the white cowboy hat too it's like i don't know if it was like eileen brennan walking into like <laughs> a costume shop and being like that's the one i want right or if it was given to her but the fact that it's folded up on one side mm-hmm. i loved oh it's so Ugh. good it's just these little nuances these little things even like having the the whip it's like what do you what do you yeah, do where did you get yeah that? um and i i love that as she's kind of backing away she she falls and one of them catches her and then and this has to be just eileen brennan she kind of taps her with the whip and, and mutters thank you and it's so I, yeah. smart. Like, it's so, yeah. I love that even in despite that, she still, like, thanks someone, you know? Like, she's not yes. just like, get off of me, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true, because you easily could. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think kind of that note, you know, in terms of, like, intentionality, when she's saying that she's being transferred to a good post, a good post, and there is mm-hmm. this, like, determination and this sadness in her eyes to convince herself that this is, that she's okay with this. Mm-hmm. And I thought like that was where like those dual notes of playing the ridiculous drunk, but also kind of this, this sad Blanche Dubois kind of thing at the same time. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I felt like, Oh, of, of course you nominate this for an Oscar. Like this, yes. it's, it takes a lot of work to find this depth and not just Paula Betty Thomas keeps shitting on her. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, Betty's great. Betty's, Betty's great. great. It's just no one. She doesn't want an Oscar for it either. You know, like it's yeah. yeah. Um, 
Also, just the line, I just love how this actually lasts into the next scene, too, or a couple scenes later, the let's not keep in touch, shall we? Mm -hmm. And how she feels that that's such a burn. But it's such a lame line. But she was really proud of herself for, you know, conjuring that up. Let's not keep in touch, shall we? Yeah, I got him there. Sort of Mrs. Peacock, yeah, Mm -hmm. energy. It's like, uh, I can't remember what line would be equivalent to that in Clue, but... uh... Oh, it's like when um, she... One of the endings when she ends up being the murderer, Mm -hmm. she's like, I'll go first if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of just goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new level of husky anger, I guess. Oh, I love it. I love, I mean, you know, the huskier and raspier the voice, the better in my book. Um, Yes. yes. And so, I mean, I feel like, you know, she does have a few more scenes in the movie. I think. There's less set pieces, but there is that incredible sight gag of her at the graduation with like the white pancake makeup to cover up the blue dye. Oh yeah, it's uh, crazy looking. I mean, even the 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 because they they prank her and they put blue dye in her shower head. The visual gag of her leaning over into the mirror to grab the soap and then seeing herself and the way blue water comes out of her nose and her mouth when she screams. It's I mean, it, it's like, oh, my God, this is, like, this is madness. <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying, yeah. but it's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, what's crazy is then we do see her again because you kind of think, yeah. okay, her chapter's over. Um, and she pops up again, and it's almost a little weird. Like, I almost expected more of her. Like, I felt like they mm-hmm. utilized her, but not a lot. Um, yeah. Because she's working in the same, you know, headquarters in, in Europe where Judy is eventually transferred. And um, then that's kind of what starts this conflict of, of you know, pushing Judy to leave the army because she's uh, cavorting with uh, a communist a with a red. Yes. Uh, and it's um, I, I guess it's like, you know, they do have that moment of like seeing each other in the elevator. But. I thought it'd be more of a moment to like, oh my God, of all the places for us to end up in, we're in the same place, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that I, I did want that. And it just kind of fades off as the movie goes. But I I did like that conversation because, uh, holy, holy con, holy gone. <laughs> holy gone. <clears throat> holy gone. Um, Goldie Han says, um, I'm no, he's no more of a communist than I am, or maybe you. And she's like, <gasps> Like she, there's oh. like a, a good gasp. It's like a Mrs. Peacock gasp there too, um, mm-hmm. at being accused of being a communist too. So I, I, I enjoyed that part of this interrogation, not interrogation, but this sit down. Yeah, with Goldie Hawn's character too. Yeah, she says, "If Patton were alive, he would slap your face." Like, <laughs> yeah, just, that was good. That yeah, was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I mean, and after that, we don't we don't ever see her character again. And it's really about like Goldie having to you know come to this realization that she's, you know descending into the same life she was you know trying to get away from with Henri. yeah obviously eileen brennan did not win the oscar for best supporting actress uh that went to mary steenburgen for melvin and howard that year um but uh let's assume that she did win or if she had won Mm -hmm. do you have like a like a moment that she won it i mean i would say it's like so much of that first scene really just sets the tone for a lot of how her character is informed too. And I think I I mentioned it before, but the hand grip too. um, There's this moment where she says something and it's like, 
she wants to rage out on Goldie Hawn, but mm-hmm. she like the hand stops her. She like lifts it up mm-hmm. and then brings it back down. And she's like, nope, I'm going to play it cool. So that that was a real moment for me. I really, really loved that choice because it was sudden and it was like and her fingers were just like curled and, and contorted in this weird way. It's like she wanted to like, <laughs> like slap her. Yeah, but she didn't. And I think that that. Um, just really was a cool choice for me. Um, so as far as like micro micro moments, like that's really a, a a moment where I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, yeah. But I think overall too, it's like that moment with the parents is also really great. Mm-hmm. I think that that scene is uh, sort of code switching for a moment of like the principal talking to the parents for a, like of a of a child who's acting up in school and sort of just playing that role for a moment is is really fun to watch too but i i think really for me it's that first scene Mm -hmm. in general too is where i really she was selling it and that i really enjoyed it how about you um i mean i think yeah that first scene is such a set piece for her and i think the the kind of the weight of that last scene not the last scene she has but the last scene in the barracks when she's um when she's drunk i think that really uh, watching it again like and and the first time i saw it i had that feeling of like i just I held my breath and I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And like it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it did that thing where like I didn't want to miss a, a, a single second of her performance. It felt all like there was something to catch in every moment. And so, um, I mean, I think in terms of micro moments, I mean, like if it were that first scene, it would probably be like the bubble gum popping and her saying, oh, don't push me, punk. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I would also, then it's like in the last scene, the like a good post and there's like, there's like a glisten of, of, Yes. tears in her eyes um i think those yeah it was a a great performance um and i'm glad it got nominated you know like i'm glad it's always nice to see like a role like this get recognized and eileen get recognized so yeah because um, it's comedic it's it's definitely i consider it's like there's a hint of drama in there too mm-hmm. but i think it's just the magic of eileen brennan that really kind of elevates it and another thing too uh, later on when they're putting the hair dye in the shower and she's like packing her clothes and she's like still drunk and she's talking to herself and she's mm-hmm. she says the line again let's not keep in touch shall we <laughs> oh yeah i really got him yeah. that was one of my favorite like oh yeah let's not keep right? in touch shall we and that was just like the cameraman's outside the room it's like all right Eileen, we're gonna call action you just do your thing she's just yeah, alone I... in that room acting it's yeah, so great like folding a shirt yeah oh, i can't believe i said that to him that that really got him uh, i just love that that or at least that character feels that that was the ultimate burn mm-hmm. that might be another great little yeah. choice there yeah well was there anything else from private benjamin before we uh no i feel on? pretty good yeah i feel pretty good about it yeah um yeah this was a fun one this was a nice uh a nice lighter change of pace again um yeah it's nice yeah uh, so, and I'm very excited about all the ideas that have come out of this conversation. So, um, yeah, the BSAs of Company, the BSAs of Clue, the BSAs Ooh. of Nine Lives. Poltergeist. The BSAs of Poltergeist. Oh, God, there was, uh, there was, Colin perked up with that one. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. Well, uh, that, of course, we, we do not have a BSA Today segment this week, uh, yeah. but we do have BSAs of the week, which, uh... Yeah. Long-time listeners know the BSA of the week is a performance or a person or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress in our lives. Um, yeah. So do you have any nominees for BSA of the week this week? 
I don't think I do. I was mm-hmm. I was thinking um, last night and this morning too if there was anything, and it's not that nothing has happened since the last time I talked to you. I've watched some things and, um, but not anything. There hasn't been anything that's jumped out besides my BSA of the week. Do you have any nominees before I go into? Uh, no, I uh, it was the same situation where I was like, what did I even watch this week? But then I remembered yeah. what my BSA of the week was. So, Ooh, um, nice. so yeah, what's your what's your BSA of the week? My BSA of the week, I mentioned it earlier, is just Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> I, so oh. if I, if describe to me, because I have no mental image of what Erie, Pennsylvania looks like. What am I walking right? into? Yeah, yeah. I think <clears throat> Erie, Pennsylvania is like the New England of Pennsylvania, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's like it's it's on the water. Um, it's a, It's actually, I mean, in my mind, it's like kind of like a small town feel i guess Mm -hmm. but it's uh and it's it's a pretty simple like there's a lot of beach houses like presque isle is great there's a a a theme park theme park called waldemere which is awesome um and it's just like one of those theme parks it's like a rare thing nowadays where you can actually walk into the theme park without paying for admission Mm. but if you want to ride something you have to buy you have like a card now it's now it's like an actual like almost like a debit card you put like tokens on the Uh card and then you swipe it in line but i love that i remember there's a a theme park called kennywood in pittsburgh where you used to be able to do the same thing you would walk in the park and then you'd buy little tickets Mm -hmm. if you wanted to ride a coaster or something it just feels nostalgic to me but i would say the majority of the reason why i really love erie is typically the company Mm -hmm. that we're we're with it's like um like our our good friend jamie and her boyfriend vic and her sister Jana, and we always stay with um, Jana and Jamie's mom Meryl, who, in her own right, is a BSA. Mm. And I, but like, it's not worth going into you know the nuance of Meryl. Her name is Meryl, which right. is great. Yeah, I mean that's um, in and of itself tells yeah, me so much. Yeah. yeah, but you have to meet Meryl to like really kind of get the energy. Mm-hmm. And like, I know you would love her. You would, you would love her. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I already feel pretty strongly about her already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just and, hearing this. And we just and we just kind of we go up typically. We always go there for New Year's. We try to make a summer trip and then like a couple other trips in between. And it's just. Keon said this before. He's like, I, I don't feel like I think really the only time I've ever really, truly felt like I was on vacation is when I'm in Erie, because even Mm. when you're on vacation, there's still like an agenda and sort of like you have to go here. You have to be there this time. And like there's no agenda in Erie. If you want to take a nap for two hours, you can do that. If you want to start drinking at noon, (laughs) you can. It's very relaxed. And Mm -hmm. it's just like. It was actually pretty cool up in Erie this weekend. It was like the high 60s um, was the high. So it was, it felt like fall. Mm-hmm. Um, Meryl has this great house with um, two cats, oh. Um, oh. Elsie and Mitch. Uh, oh. Mitch is like a Mancoon. Uh-huh. And he's so beautiful. Um, I'll send you some pictures. But it's just a really, really great time. And we just like, we play games and laugh and drink. And it's, it's, great it's where i feel like i really feel like recharged after a weekend in erie and i'm I'm always sad to get back to my real life yeah but i love it and erie itself i kind of strayed away from erie but it's great it's like people who are who grew up in erie um or know erie well all feel the same way Mm -hmm. it's like this rare gem of like a new england flavor without really like the new england experience or like the prices of new england i guess it's like Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's just really kind of a toned down version of that and i love it i love eerie 
Oh, well, yeah, I like that. So this episode was brought to you by the Tourism Board of Erie. Um, (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So uh, how about you? My BSA of the week, I have done no traveling, uh, though certainly, you know, at some point I need to get out of this apartment. Um, Oh, Marco is, hi, my cat is, uh, he's like, what do you mean you're leaving? Where would you go? (laughs) Um, Yeah. but I have, of course, been watching a lot of YouTube, and I discovered, I don't know if you're familiar with the Food Network show Semi-Homemade with Sandra Lee. Oh, Colin. Okay. Just of w- course I am. Just wanted to make sure we were all on, at the yeah, same party. Yeah, we're all on the same yeah. page here, yeah. Uh, so I same found- Same tablescape. Yeah, same- t- <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so I, uh, I found a playlist of, like, I don't know, just, I don't know how many, just- recipes that she had done just clips from the show and never fully appreciated just how awful most of these recipes are just terrible (laughs) there was i mean there was i couldn't even know i don't even know where to begin and so i without going into specifics there's a whole playlist you know happy to share it but it was there was something about there was something, I mean, you're talking about like going to Erie and feeling like comfortable and relaxed and it's just like yeah. easing into a vacation mode. I think that maybe that's what this playlist was for me. I was like, nothing matters in this playlist. Nothing. Yeah. I can, like all the rules are broken. You want to take store-bought cake mix and you want to add vanilla extract and call it homemade? Who cares? Yeah. Go for it. Like yes. some red food coloring and all of a sudden it's yours. Okay. Yeah, I guess I did cook. I didn't just assemble ingredients. And yeah, so I yeah. and just like the feel of it, just like the the naive, banal, you know, mundane, all these SAT words. Sure. It's all none of it matters. It's all complete confection. She's making this bullshit food in a bullshit fake kitchen that nobody yes. wants to eat. Like and it doesn't clearly it doesn't matter. She doesn't need to work. She's she's cooking like someone who doesn't need to keep a cooking show, you know? Yes, and, exactly. I love that. I think that it is, and as opposed to kind of like reality feels very real these days. You know what I mean? Like, like there, there's no looking away from the news. And so I guess when one needs to give one's brain a break, I can't think of a greater mental break than watching Sandra Lee put together ingredients. Like, oh, yeah. Put together is a great word. Yeah. It's not cooking. It's, not it's cooking. just combining yeah. shit together. Yeah. Oh my god, it's great. So I highly recommend. I there's something specifically perfect about it. And she of course has that like kind of drunk aunt energy that I Oh yeah. I that's speaking yeah. of a vine, that vine where she's pouring the vodka into like the thing. She's like, and just a shot of vodka. And it's gluck, like look, 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. And that guy falls like off the side of a trailer or something. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Ooh, Sandra Lee. That's a great choice. And like in theory, it's a good idea for a TV show, like semi homemade. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they could have made it better but like i'll tell you one thing my grandma loves that show yeah like out of all the shows out like and that it's it's like grandma energy yes it's like it but it's really but like and maybe it would have been better if it was an older woman i would love to have like a like a true lady mm-hmm. like really like i'm talking like 70 or up yeah like lead that show yeah that would have been great yeah i that's exactly i want there was um there's a, a YouTube channel that, you know, the woman has since passed away, but it was like, uh, I think it was her grandson who was filming these like depression era recipes. And this woman was like 90 something years old and she was cooking them in her old like 
kitchen from an apartment she's probably lived in for 60 mm. years and and she's just this like nice old lady you know uh telling stories of you know what it was like when she grew up and we, we didn't have things that easy and so we did this this and this and it's like sitting with your grandma while she's like telling you stories and yeah. making old recipes and i was like this is yes this yes you want to put food dye in cake mix i don't care clara you earned it yes 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 yeah that's a good way they definitely earned it yeah sandra uh, but I, with that being said, I like her. Those tablescapes are crazy, though. But I will say, if there's a compilation of this on YouTube, you must find it. The Halloween episodes of Semi-Homemade oh. are gold. Okay. Because the, she dresses up as Cher. There's one where she's actually in the woods dressed as a witch. It is good. <laughs> it's real Wow. Good. Well, so the, you're welcome. The BSAs of Semi-Homemade. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, Oh, well, uh, well, thank you for that. And uh, yes, yes, you can you can cue in the music. Yes, you can interrupt oh, us. We're, you play in. us okay. off. Yes, that's fine. Um, well, we're being played off now. Um, I asked <laughs> and they did it. So good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> before we go, uh, where could folks find more of you in this world? Uh, yeah, as I mentioned last week, um, I'm back to, you know, three podcasts from one to three, uh, all within two weeks here. So you can find me every week recapping the newest season, All-Stars 5 of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, with Amanda Kaczynski on the Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour. We're recording today, I believe, since I was in Erie. We're a little bit behind, but that's okay. All right. And, uh, you can also find me on the No Good, Very Bad Gay podcast. This week I'm talking about Troop Beverly Hills. That episode is out today. Um... And I'm kind of toggling back between like classic movies and then like fun movies. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 gonna be good. Yeah. Not that classic movies aren't fun, but you know what I mean. Lighter sure. movies. Yeah. Uh, and then you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kochanov. How about you, Colin? Well, uh, you can find more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, or All Right, Mary, a uh, discussion of RuPaul's Drag Race, etc. I'm also doing three podcasts right now. Uh, and of course, yeah, which, you know, I guess in isolation is nice because I'm just doing a lot of talking. So, yeah, uh, it's good to keep that muscle exercised. Um, yes. And uh, well, some people would say I should just shut up. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I personally think I should keep this muscle exercised. But anyway, uh, you could share your feelings on that by following me at, on Twitter at Colin Drucker or Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Or, of course, you can just follow the two of us at BSA pod on Twitter and you can even email us. Uh, but how does that happen? Yeah, you can send your thoughts, uh, even anything, anything you have to say to us, as long as you're kind, at the bsapod at gmail.com. Yes. Um, well, this has been uh, a hoot as usual. And uh, we, of course, want to say a big thank you to Mary Kay Place, to Barbara yes. Barry. To Goldie. Goldie, to Craig T. Nelson, to Aunt Kissy, Aunt Kissy, <laughs> um, and of course our nominee herself, Ms. Eileen Brennan. Uh, we thank you, and yes. um, I'm like, let's not keep in touch, shall we? And let's not keep in touch. <laughs> I really got him there. I really got him there. Uh, I got him there. And that, as they say, is that. <laughs> <laughs>